welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I am your host, Nisar Ahmad. I'm the founder and editor of the blog, careermedis.com. And this is episode 10 of the Career Medis Podcast. And this episode is part of the expert series. And for today's expert series episode, I'm interviewing David Schindler from the Employability Hub and Learning to Leap. Here's my introduction of David. Uh, Schindler and once I'm read to the introduction, I'll, I'll ask David also to add to the introduction. So here's what I have for David's introduction. David is an independent coach, blogger and speaker associated with several consultancies, founder of the Employability Hub. Uh, Employability Hub is a free resource, a resource for students and graduates. He's an author of a five-star Amazon book, Learning to Leap, A Guide to Become being more employable and co-author with Mark Babbitt of 21 Century Internships. His commitment and energy is in promoting lifelong personal and professional development and in tackling youth unemployment. He works with young people and professionals in education and business. He is in the Guardian Careers Top 10 on Twitter for career advice, a Top 25 U-Turn Careers blogger, been interviewed on leadership for BBC radio shows, been quoted in Forbes, MSN via Career Builder UK, and is a regular contributor to sites like careersingovernment.com in the US. He's also a conference speaker on employability, youth, and employ- youth employment, and coaching issues. So David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Nissa. Very, very pleased to be here. Yeah, likewise. Thanks. Uh, I, I mean, I'm read, as I was reading your bio, uh, you, you have an extensive career. You, you are a busy man. So thanks for making time to join here. No problem. So I always like to, I always read a bio and I always like these the guests to give me a quick introduction of themselves in terms of how they got started. Um, I know you do, you have two websites, Learning to Leap and Employability Hub. Maybe you can start off with yourself. Talk a little about a little bit about these two websites uh, and, and, and the organization company. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I I've been uh, working for myself for about seven years now, and uh, my whole background is in um, uh, helping people to develop uh, the sort of soft skills, uh, people skills within the workplace and uh, organizational development. And I got uh, very interested in, in the area of coaching. And facilitating groups and um, one of my clients uh, a few years ago was in the learning space and I got very interested in the whole area of employability probably before it became quite fashionable and I have three three young well not so young daughters now but they were young daughters then who have been through university and they're facing a, a challenging world of work and I kind of um, want to ensure that uh, young people in particular were better prepared for uh, a career and, and, and a entering the world of work and, and if you like, uh, being able to sort of uh, manage and navigate their, themselves through uh, their working lives. I've met lots and lots of people in their um, 40s and 50s who have sort of staggered along in the same job in the same arena for years and years and years and then wondered to themselves, how did I get here? And I didn't really want that to happen for the next generation. So that's where my interest grew. And uh, so I started by um, blogging. That's where I started. Uh, and after about a 
year, I realized there was a theme and the theme was all about um, learning to leap. And then and when I look back and reflected on my career and, and, and what I'd done. And I've been in the workplace for over 30 years. I realized that I had to learn to leap on a number of occasions where things happened, uh, changes happened, some that I instigated, some that happened to me. And I had to reinvent myself or take a different direction. And I realized that that's happening more and more and faster and faster. So I, uh, I wrote a book about it. And that's that's what Learning to Leap was about. Um, actually, I was going to just ask the question, how did you come up with Learning to Leap? <laughs> and I think I think you answered my question because it just stands out, right? It, it, it's, it's like a metaphor. Yeah. And, and I think it ties in. One of the reasons I thought I wanted to spend some time uh, asking you questions is you do uh, you specialize um, uh, in, in in many areas helping young professionals or you know students make uh, making a transition and that's where I wanted to spend a lot of the mm. time on um, so w- you have uh, one thing I believe and correct me if I'm wrong is you're based in UK I'm in Canada the challenges facing young professionals or uh, the individuals leaving uh, college or school or graduating it's universal. Yes. Uh, it, it's, so before we talk about advice, uh, I thought it would be best to be from, because of your experience. If you can tell me, what are some of the ch- challenges that you see um, that students face and uh, when they come to you? Um, there's, there's a number of different challenges. There's the, there's the bigger picture and then there's the sort of individual picture. And uh, at, at an individual level, the, the biggest issue that I find is confidence and lack of clarity around what they want to do and where they want to go and actually part of my 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 role is to reassure young people that they don't have to know all the answers they don't have to know what they're going to do for the rest of their life when they come out of uh, education system and and sometimes that's quite a big relief for them however um, there's also a lack of understanding a lack of knowledge about uh, how the world of work is changing and what they might have to do in order to be employable, in order to be able to succeed. So the two sort of twin challenges are kind of un, uh, uh, lack of lack of understanding, lack of awareness about about uh, what what it takes uh, to enter into the workplace and to, and to make a career and how that's changing. So there's a lot to be done at the personal level in terms of building capability, building skills even in the process of finding a job. There's a skill set attached to that. And not every young person understands that they've got to develop that. So um, the world of work is changing so rapidly that for me, the ability to learn to leap is a set of skills and practices that everybody needs to have because you're going to have to change direction. You're going to have to change uh, to new circumstances new skills, new knowledge, uh, much more rapidly than we have done in the past. That's interesting, the last thing you said. Um, even though the advice caters to young professionals, uh, it, is, it is universal because you never know when in your career you would need to make a transition. Yeah, and, and I, I'm a classic example of that. So um, seven years ago when I started out, the company I worked with, uh, went bust in the recession and everybody in the company had to think about what they were going to do next. Now, that for me was an opportunity for other people that might have been 
um, you know, uh, uh, more of a challenge. Um, you can carry on down the same path you're going and replicate what you're doing, or you can try something new. And so it doesn't matter what age or what generation you're from, we will all have things happen in life that in, mean that we have to uh, um, equip ourselves for the next the next venture that we go into. That's interesting. So one thing I always believe, and I think you mentioned this, is uh, that the clarity uh, is always important. Let's say you are in a, at a stage in your life where you want to make some changes. Mm. It's, it's important to make yourself aware. Uh, you mentioned, you call this lack of understanding, right? So let's say someone, uh, as we're catering, getting this interview towards uh, interns, new graduates, mm. um, there is so much information thrown to them. How, how do they get that clarity? Uh, it's a really good question. And, I, and actually, it's, it's one of the barriers, I think, for young people is there's too much information, too much advice, and you can get sort of bogged down in that. For me, it's about uh, experience and, and trying things and exploring. So for me, it's about being experiential. So you can get some guidance, but the best thing is to go and do something. So whether it's uh, volunteering, whether it's taking an internship, whether it's traveling uh, around the globe, whether it's working in a bar, you know, whatever it is, it's understanding that when you do those sort of things, then you need a skill set around that that enables you to translate what you've done so that it meets a need for an employer. So that so for me, it's about um, not so much knowledge and awareness of uh, uh, facts and stuff. It's more about mindsets and understanding how you navigate the processes. And you can get you can get support through coaching. You can get support through online resources like your one and my one. Um, but it, it's very personal, and you've got to you've got to have a very tailored approach and a very targeted targeted approach. Interesting. So what I'm hearing is uh, one of the best ways to get that understanding or clarity is, is try different things. Yes. Even when you are in school, try different things, get a part time job, travel uh, and you gain different perspective. And I, I believe that uh, uh, just maybe uh, at that point, you get more understanding of what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a danger of being paralyzed by all the information and not knowing what to do. Sometimes it's just a matter of diving in and seeing where it takes you. That, that uh, actually that is that's a, that's a very good advice. Uh, I think it'll be good. Uh, do you think a lot of people do that though? I mean, in your experience, uh, it, it's great advice. But what what would you say in terms of on a, on, out of one out of five or ten people, one out of ten people do that? Um, I, I wouldn't like to put a number in, but what I would say is that job hopping is increasing and and it's it's quite uh, uh, common these days. Whereas in the past. Uh, it was frowned upon by by employers who would say, well, they obviously don't stick at anything. They're not reliable. Uh, we can't count on them. I think that's changing. I think, uh, you know, most young people in their 20s now, I would say from from the research that's out there, that says maybe three years in one job, if, if, if that. So um, that suggests that uh, young people are not afraid of uh, trying out new things and different things. I think the issue is, do they stay there long enough? Uh, how resilient are they? And are they leaving for the right reasons? Interesting. 
Uh, this actually brings me to my next question, and you covered a little bit of that. Uh, it's, it's amazing, David. Whenever I'm about to ask a question, you always seem to guide me towards <laughs> that question. That, that's great. It's the coach. It's the coach in me. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. So my question was going to be, and you, co- you touched on this a little bit, but I would like you to spend a little bit, expand this. So the biggest challenge is... Uh, when it comes to gaining employment is experience. The, the, whole yeah, yeah. Notion of, the whole notion of I don't have enough experience or even the employer say you don't have enough experience. So how does someone who is new to the work, work, uh, workplace, a young professional, a student, how do they show work experience when they have zero experience or no, little experience? I think that um, that's one of the big uh, vicious cycles that, uh, that young people face, that they don't have... People want experience and they don't have experience. I would turn it around and say, well, actually, you do have experience. You just don't always recognize what experience you have. So, yes, it might be that when you're applying for uh, a particular job with a particular set of technical skills, that you may not have had that experience. However, the way the job market is going is it's changing. So I'll give you an example. Um, I was talking to um, the head of engineering with Sky Digital here in the UK in Leeds, funnily enough. And um, he was saying, you know, we're not looking for uh, graduates with Java skills or certain specific um, uh, technical skills. You know, what we're looking for are people, young people who can fit into our agile, autonomous work teams in projects. We'll give them the te- technical skills when they join us. We'll, we'll put them in a boot camp. And, and do that. We don't even mind if they um, have not studied any of that, uh, that in their degree or on a course. We, we welcome people who are returning to work, for example. It's more about the personality, the mindset, the, the, the softer skills that fit in and have the right attitude. And then you can train people up necessarily with the right skills because though that knowledge that you need for a technical job is constantly changing. It doesn't stay still. But having the right core attitudes, the right core mindsets, the right behaviors, those things last. Those are sustainable. And that's the area I think young people uh, need to focus on. So let's take a young person who's a student who's, who's, who's not got a lot of work experience, but they will have had experience of, I don't know, leadership. So they might have been the captain of the football team. They might have had uh, a part time job working in a bar. But you know what? They know how to handle customers. You know, I mean, I remember um, being in a, in a supermarket once where the queues were building up and building up and the person on the till had this way about them in terms of telling jokes, humor, etc., that they completely disarmed the fairly irritated, irritable, irritable group of people that were queuing up by the way in which they handled that situation. And the queue disappeared. Those kind of people skills are gold dust to employers dealing with difficult situations, knowing how to handle themselves, not getting, not getting completely disabled when they're stressed under a, under, under, a, under a difficult situation. Those are the sort of things that, if you can bring that with you, can talk about examples, are really important. Say, I don't know, learning an instrument, you know, uh, playing in an orchestra, whatever it may be, you've got, that shows you've got discipline. That shows you've got reliability. You turn up for practice every week. Those are the types of things that you can talk about. I remember coaching a um, young girl, somebody who'd come out of university who wanted to be a teacher. And 
they uh, said, well, how can I show them that I'm, I, I, you know, that I'm capable and I can do this thing? And through talking together, she said, oh, I've, I learned how to do sign language uh, in a voluntary job. And she suddenly realized, actually, she had a skill that she could talk about at an interview. And so at the interview, at a panel, and they said, so, well, you know, how can you show us that you're, you'd make a good teacher? She taught the interview panel how to do sign language. So in, in one foul swoop, she proved that she, uh, rather than sh telling people that she would make a good teacher, she showed them. Interesting. So for me, those are the types of things that as a student where that you may not have a lot of um, what you might call work experience in a field that you might be applying for, you have masses of experience of um, the kind of situations where it gives clues to the employer about your capability and your potential. And if you have the right positive attitude and enthusiasm in the way in which you put it across, then that's music to an employer's ears. Well, David, as I was listening to this, uh, I was thinking to myself, okay, this applies to almost, I would say, majority of the students, right? Because yeah. they are involved in extracurricular activities. They have had part-time yep. jobs. They have, they have worked in teams, whether it's sports or, or literature. So that's, it's very encouraging to hear the experiences because that just makes it, it is universal i believe based on what you just mentioned i, I think so and I don't, I don't think it just applies to students i think one of the the real issues particularly if people haven't had a uh, change jobs for a while etc is they don't really know how to put themselves across i call it lost in translation so they've done loads of stuff they don't recognize it they may not even value it or they don't know what the employer values and maybe they haven't developed it and it's about how do i put that across how do I recognize it, value it, put it across and show and demonstrate to employers that actually I've got something about me. And one of the ways that I also think, even if you haven't got experience, if you demonstrate you have an opinion about something or a belief about something, that also gives uh, employers a clue. Even if you haven't um, done something in that area. Um, if you, if somebody says to you, tell me about uh, uh, when, how you, how, how you fit it into a team um, or team working experience, you know, you might have a very uh, narrow level of experience of it. But if you say, well, you know, one of the most important things to me about team working is backing up your uh, your colleagues in in times of of crisis, stepping in to help when and rolling up your sleeves when you need to. And here's an example I can give you. As soon as you start talking about that, you're actually giving clues as to what's important to you, the values. And that's what employers are looking for. Will this person fit in here? Very interesting. Uh, one of the things, I, so what you just mentioned is soft skills. Yeah. Right? Soft skills, the underlying soft skills when you start out is uh, more important than technical skills. I mean, technical skills are important, but that's something the employer is willing to teach you. You need both, you know, so you could, it could be that you, you have great social media skills, you know, some, some, some technical stuff, or you might be an expert, not an expert, but a, uh, you've been done a degree in a particular subject that is wanted and relevant to that field. But you're not going to be the finished article when you come out of university or out of college. That makes total sense. One of the words you mentioned, David, I was writing it down, is attitude. Yeah. Now, the word attitude has been beaten down in self-help books. There's mm. so many variations. 
uh, I wanted to hear your opinion. What is that? I mean, the, the word attitude sounds very catchy, but what does it exactly mean to you? Or what? Uh, yeah, please. Uh, can you explain what attitude means? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a kind of nebulous phrase, a bit vague, etc. I think it's best if it's described in terms of how it translates to behaviors. So if you have, I don't know, an attitude of a positive mindset, a, a, a can-do attitude, yeah, it, in practice, that means that you don't wait to be asked to do something. You do it proactively, for example. If you have an attitude that is um, outward-looking, um, or, uh, you know, it might be that you are somebody who is uh, going to be interested in other people and you demonstrate that through asking questions about people and you don't spend the time talking about yourself and not listening. So translating what attitude means into behaviors is a way of demonstrating what your attitude is. Having an opinion of something is one thing but actually demonstrating that attitude in practice. So you're aligning your behaviors with your attitudes. Interesting, interesting. Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about, David, is uh, the whole concept of employability. So you've, you've given us the concept of learning to leap, how to take your skill set, how to take your experiences and present it in such a way that you get hired. Um, so, but getting a job is, I just, would say the beginning the whole concept of employability is very interesting um, could you explain uh, what that means yeah I mean, one of the one of the challenges about the word employability is it's a, a it's a horrible word and b it means different things to different people so um, an employer sometimes the word employability is is used in the same breath as employment so for employment for me means job getting a job Employability for me is about that lifelong ability to be relevant and up to date and fit for the purposes of the job, career, career, employer that you're working for. So you have to be, you have to be at the right fit. You have to um, be still relevant. You still have to be able to perform and to deliver. So being employable means that an employer says, yeah, you are what we need right now, but we also need you in the future. So are you somebody who is going to uh, maintain your uh, skill set? Are you going to be able to um, build? Are you somebody who is uh, open to learning and will grow with us? So employability means not only getting a job, it means staying in a job. It means changing jobs. It means all three of those things. Hmm. You can't stand still. Uh, so you, it's, it's getting a job is not the end. It is the beginning of the journey. It's part of it. So, yeah, absolutely, it's part of it. And I think um, for an employer, they may say, we need a, a young person to be employable for us. What they mean is, we need them to have the right skill set, the right mindset, attitude, and have an understanding of us and fit into what we need right now and our culture. That means they're employable. Okay. So the next natural question would be, you mentioned what employability is. What are some of the things one can do to increase their employability? Um, 
I think the starting point is you have to invest in your self-awareness, your, your own development. You, you have to have a sense of uh, what you've got going for you, the things you have to offer, your strengths, your talents. So what makes you tick? What are you like when you're at your best? You have to have that sense and self-awareness. And you may need to get feedback on that and how you come across uh, as well. So the starting point for me always is um, how others see you, how you see yourself, the self-awareness and, and being aware of what you've got to offer and where you need to, to progress. The second thing I'd say is you need to do your research to, to keep up to date, to, to understand the sector, the field, the job that you're interested in, finding out what's needed in the, uh, in the workplace or by a specific employer, but also what's expected of you in that job, in that field, in that sector. So doing your research is really, really important. You have to keep up to date. Um, another thing is, I think, in terms of increasing your employability is to, is to keep learning something, keep being relevant and being new. So it may be that you take that online course to uh, um, supplement your, your, your skills or you do that coding course or you uh, uh, take a volunteering post so you um, increase your um, re relationships with people, your listening skills, your emotional intelligence or you uh, want to work for a small business and increase your commercial awareness. Learn something new, take charge of your own learning I think is probably what I'm saying. I'd also say that um, you create your own luck. So part of being in, uh, increasing your employability is seizing opportunities uh, when they present themselves. So it's about risk taking, taking a risk. Um, I, I have always been one who says to say yes more than no to opportunities, see where it takes you. And um, as I said before, being proactive, doing something, showing people, solving a problem for people. Anything you can do that improves, enhances, increases something, uh, and you can demonstrate that, reduces, saves, makes something more efficient, creates something, delivers something, those are the things that will demonstrate and increase your employability. Yeah, th th thanks for uh, summarizing that because uh, uh, it goes back to the question I mentioned before, right? How do you keep yourself... Uh, keep reinventing yourself, keep improving your skills so you are always employable. So that's uh, it's important to do those things. Um, one, of the, one of the things I, I find a challenge with is no matter where you are in career, that the amount of things that you can do to improve yourself, there are so many options right now. Um, like you, you talked about personal development, professional development. Uh, there's so many skills you can build on. Uh, so it always gets a little bit confusing. Um, so how does one overcome that? How does one stay um, nimble, I would say, in, in, in their personal development uh, pursuits? Um, I mean, you, there, are, there are different ways to look at it. One of, one of the ways you could say is that there is what comes naturally to you and building upon that, so to understanding those talents and pointing them at different things. So you can be nimble by changing the pointing what you're good at, what's, what comes naturally to you, the things that you've developed, but pointing it in a different direction. So that enables you to stay fresh. 
Um, there are things about exploring, uh, you know, areas that you've not, maybe you've not explored about yourself uh, that, that you could do by trying, trying something in a different direction. So something completely different. Uh, so that you could be about reinventing yourself. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with that. One. Just, just remind me again the question. Uh, the, the the question is uh, staying nimble. Yeah. Yes, staying to thanks to the internet, there are so many options. Mm -hmm. Right. For example, I believe personal development is something. It's not an option. It's something you have to do. But something I struggle with, and I'm sure anybody listening to this is, there are so many options. I can improve my let's say, social media skills, I can improve my public speaking skills, I can improve my communication. There's so many things you can improve, but we all have limited time. So how do we prioritize? When I say nimble, uh, I was referring to how do you prioritize wh how, what to improve on? I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's about being context specific. So it depends on what you're doing and what you want to do and what's relevant. So... You know, you're, if, you, if you're somebody who's customer facing, dealing with the public on an ongoing basis that involves your verbal communication skills, you know, and less on your writing skills, then that's the area you need to, to focus on. Or if it's, you know, you're more sort of uh, spending your time writing reports, uh, producing data, uh, analyzing data, then that's the area. It really is context specific of where you might prioritize. You get your priorities but based around, based around feedback. So what's working well, what's not working well, where is the need, what could you enhance? So for me, it's about having the knowledge and awareness of uh, what's required at any given time in your, in your job or in your career. Um, I don't think you can, I don't think there's any point in spreading yourself too thinly. I think it's about being targeted and focusing on those things, A, that you enjoy, but B, that's required. So it goes back to one of the comments you made before, say yes more than saying no, and uh, you, you can expand your horizons, and then you figure out if this is something that you want to work on or not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you take me as an example, uh, five, six, seven years ago, social media, hadn't got a clue. Not a clue. I think I joined Twitter in... <laughs> 2010, but I found I had a natural um, affinity to it, and I learned how to do it. So, and then of course the the ability to apply that and use it in in my business and seeing what the possibilities were meant that I was able to point that uh, capability around social media towards what I was trying to achieve in business. So you you know it's never too late, and you can always learn something new. But you've got to have a focus to that and you've got to think about it. It's not learning just for learning's sake if you're in business. It's about learning with a purpose. Yes, that, that, that makes sense. Um, one, of the, one of the final questions I wanted to ask you is the whole concept of networking, right? Mm. Uh, and this goes, this, now I'm switching back to students specifically um, because when they are in school, they are in, in, in an environment among their peers, they are in, they, they, their point of frame of reference is limited, but now they're entering the uh, working world. Um, the traditionally, they can always apply for job boards, but what is your take on networking? Uh, how does that 
improve one's chance of uh, getting a career or a job? Uh, I would say it's actually the most fundamental approach to getting a job today, more so than any any other. And when we talk about networking, which again is a bit of jargon, to me it's just about relationships, building relationships, and leveraging those relationships in a in a in an authentic way. So. Um, if you're a student and you you actually know more people than you think you you know so there are your fellow students and when they leave college they go off in different directions well there's you know i always say start off with the five people who are your raving fans the people who if you rang them up and said could you introduce me to so of course i'll do that for you nissa because you're my mate i'll do that for you so you know there are five people you can absolutely rely on who will introduce you to somebody because of either where they've gone to work or because of somebody they know. Then you go to the next level, which is there's some people that uh, you know quite well, like your lecturers or your tutors or um, that good friend of your father's or your mother's that you know, the family friend. Um, and you say, do you know what? I, I, I believe you know, so could you introduce me? To that person, or I'd really like to be able to come and talk to you about the job that you do. That's another level. And then there may be another five people who, God, I'd really like to have a nice conversation with them, or I wonder if they could help me. And you reach out to them. And slowly but surely, you build that up from the bottom until you've got, you know, a reasonable network, 50, 60, 100 people. And then, then things start to take off. And, and for me, it's about, building genuine relationships whereby, you know, that it's not about selling yourself to them. It's about finding common ground and finding out what you're both interested in and helping each other. I love the rule of five, David. Uh, talk to five people. It's simple, right? It's very simple. Anybody can do that. Anybody. I'm sure. And I'm sure most people have five people they can think of immediately. And, uh, because the reason I brought up networking is it, it becomes, as soon as you hear, it becomes a little bit of uh, daunting. It seems mm. like a daunting task. Uh, you think about networking or going to an event, uh, passing business cards, going to a conference. But what he suggested is so simple. It's beautiful. It's Anybody can do that. So And we've got, I, I, and we've got technology today, which uh, means that, you know, some of it's done face-to-face, -face, some of it's done online. You and I have connected through uh, social media. Here we are having a conversation because you reached out to me and I uh, came back to you and then we had a discussion around, you know, and I've looked at your website and you've looked at my website and there are common areas and so on. So these things are happening all over the place on a daily basis where people find common ground, find common interests, and as a result, they build up relationships and that then leads to other conversations about other things. Yeah, absolutely. All it takes, I think you mentioned, is uh, takes all. All you have to do is just ask someone. Yes. Whether it's and it, it's simple. It's that simple. This 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 interview is the perfect testament to that. We I reached out to you. We had some conversations, and here we are. Yeah. So, so David, I think I've learned a lot. Uh, there's a lot of interesting information that you've given out for young professionals. After listening to this, uh, if the audience wanted to reach out to you and get more information or learn more, how do they do that? Well, I've got, as, a, as you kindly said at the beginning, I've got a, a couple of websites. Uh, you can contact me via my 
Learning to Leap website, which is www.learningtoleap.co.uk. That's all uh, uh, words, no numbers in it, and lowercase. Um, I am also on LinkedIn, so people can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, on Twitter, I, 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 my preferred way of being contacted is connect with me on Twitter, send me a direct message, and we'll take it from there. So that's David underscore Schindler. And Schindler's spelled S-H, not S-C-H, as many people seem to think. Um, and I also have another website called the Employability Hub. And again, you can contact me uh, through that. You can join the Employability Hub. And basically, it's a lot of free resources that I curate for uh, young people. Yeah, thanks, David. I will definitely uh, include those links uh, when I write a summary of the uh, for the, for this uh, interview. Uh, before we conclude, David, any last words? If there is anything that you would like to add to what we discussed so far? Um, I think that um, I, when I think about the kind of audience that might be listening to this, uh, I think that um, the key to this is confidence. And it's the one thing that young people say to me is that that's the bit they struggle with. It, it, it's all about actually just having that sense of uh actually, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen if I have a go at this? So uh, life, my life and my career has been built around a matter of chance, choice and change. So I've seized opportunities when the chance came along. Uh, I've made choices. I could have taken different choices, but at least I made a decision. And things happened to me that I didn't want to happen to me. And I've had to respond and make choices and changes as a result. And then there are times when I've instigated that change. So, you know, everything is within your control. It's all about what you want to do with it. So I suppose my, my parting message is, is take control of your life and your career and see where it takes you. Thanks, David. I mean, that, that's great advice, right? It's, a, it's about uh, when you take charge, good things start to happen. You take more control. You, have, you At the end of the day, you feel more happy when you know you're in control of your career. Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, the insights. Uh, I learned a lot. I, I was taking notes feverishly. I'm sure uh, people listening as well. So thank you very much for joining all the way from UK. Well, thank you very much for asking me. And it's been, it's been a pleasure. You're welcome. So thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis podcast. I have written a brief summary of the interview uh, with link, uh, links to David's websites uh, as part of a blog post to, uh, along with this podcast. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Medis podcast on iTunes. And for more content, ideas, tips, resources, go to careermedis.com. If you enjoyed this particular episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely, definitely go ahead and share the episode. Until next time, this is your host, Nisar Ahmad, for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you. <music>